Stem cell science is changing medicine and our understanding of human development. Learn more with the Stem Cell Channel. Visit uctv.tv slash stem cell. Hi, everyone. My name is Tippi McKenzie, and I'm a professor of surgery at UCSF. Today, I will speak to you about our clinical trial of fetal stem cell transplantation in fetuses with alpha-thalcemia major. So imagine a world where we could treat or even cure a deadly genetic disease before birth. You know, we don't think too much about going to the doctor for various problems we have after birth, but the concept of the fetus as a patient uh, is, uh, is only several decades old and was actually uh, invented right here at UCSF. So did you know that doctors can actually operate on a fetus in the womb? And this ability, uh, which started in the 1980s with fetuses with various anatomic uh, conditions, uh, helps us treat fetuses uh, with a number of uh, birth defects. And what we're trying to do is to move this field to now treat genetic conditions. Here's kind of our repertoire of what we're able to do uh, in fetal surgery. Uh, that involves open fetal surgery, laparoscopic or fetoscopic surgery, or fet uh, catheter-based interventions. Uh, but as I said, what we're focused on is putting in stem cells or other therapeutic agents, just using a needle into the umbilical vein to treat various genetic diseases. And these possibilities exist in this decade because of the convergence of a number of technologies. So right now we can do rapid genetic diagnosis using whole exome or whole genome sequencing. We have a much better understanding of maternal and fetal biology and our repertoire of being able to treat diseases using the cutting edge methods of gene therapy or gene editing are really exploding. So this gives us a number of techniques to be able to treat fetuses with genetic diseases. So today I'll talk about our work on stem cell transplantation, but there's ongoing work both in our lab and in the labs of our collaborators for additional techniques such as enzyme replacement or gene therapy. There are a number of single gene disorders that we can potentially treat with these techniques. And today I'll talk about the thalassemias, but of course other single gene disorders such as lysosomal storage diseases or spinal muscular atrophy, to name a few, could also be treated. And the main reason to treat the fetus before birth as opposed to waiting until after the child is born uh, there are a couple of reasons, actually. The number one reason is that the fetus has a very unique immune system, which I'll talk about in a little bit, uh, where they can be tolerized to new proteins that they see before birth. You can also, of course, protect the brain before the blood-brain barrier forms, and you can access stem cells during their migration, uh, for example, for blood stem cells, migration from the fetal liver to the bone marrow. So here's kind of a proposed uh, pipeline of fetal molecular therapies that we're working on at UCSF. Uh, right now, we have a phase one clinical trial of stem cell transplantation for alpha-thalcemia major, and we're hoping to expand that to other disease indications when, once we have more safety and efficacy data. We're working on in utero enzyme replacement therapy for lysosomal storage disorders, and we're speaking to ethics experts and the FDA about in utero gene therapy, of course, only in somatic cells, not in the germline. So a lot of this is made possible by this beautiful concept in biology where cells traffic back and forth between the mother and the fetus. 
And the fact that you can find fetal cells or DNA in the mother forms the basis of the whole field of prenatal genetic diagnosis. And this is what enables us to even diagnose a lot of these genetic diseases before birth. But the trafficking also happens the other way in that there are mother cells in the fetuses. And the very interesting thing is that the fetus actually learns to tolerate these foreign cells and proteins it sees during development. So because it sees maternal cells during development, it just so happens that it learns to tolerate the mother's uh, antigens or proteins on those cells before birth. And a lot of this biology was worked out um, by Jeff Mould and Mike McCune at UCSF um, about a decade ago. And what they showed is that the fetus's T cells, which are the main uh, transplant rejecting uh, fight or fighting cells, when they see a new protein, instead of becoming these effector T cells, the red ones, which they would in you or me, they actually are more predisposed to become these green regulatory T cells that confirm tolerance. And that the fact that the fetus is seeing and learning to tolerate these maternal cells forms one of the backbones of kind of the miracle of pregnancy, you know, how the mother and the fetus with their different genetic backgrounds can tolerate each other. And then if you think about applying this to a situation where the fetus has a birth defect that requires a bone marrow transplant before birth, uh, you get the logical conclusion that we should be transplanting maternal cells. So these are fetuses with thalassemias or sickle cell disease or Fanconi anemia that could be cured with a bone marrow transplant before birth. And the concept that you can do a bone marrow transplant before birth had been tried uh, some decades before, and it really only works for a small subset of disorders, uh, but, but it hadn't worked for thalassemias before. Uh, but this work shows that we can potentially transplant maternal cells and that it should work if we transplant a very high dose of cells uh, using an intravascular method and using maternal cells in particular. So after a number of years of preclinical uh, experiments, our collaborators in uh, Philadelphia in Dr. Flake's lab uh, did a seminal study in dogs where they showed that if you transplant maternal cells into fetal dogs, you get good levels of engraftment of the maternal cells, uh, you know, between five to almost 40%, uh, and that these dogs become tolerant now permanently to their mothers. So usually that tolerance to the mother wanes immediately after birth, uh, but in these dogs, they show that they can actually do a kidney transplant from the mother and there's no rejection. So this is a great proof of concept to show that uh, transplantation of the mother's cells can result in tolerance. And in terms of thinking about these blood disorders, the goal is not necessarily a single shot cure because you're not giving any conditioning into the fetus, which is usually what creates space in the bone marrow to have a curative uh, level of cells after a bone marrow transplant. So the idea is that it's a two-step process. So you have a fetal transplant that induces tolerance, uh, and then you do a postnatal booster transplant to really increase the levels of engraftment of those maternal cells uh, to definitively cure the disease. And this concept has been shown in mice uh, by uh, Bill Peranto's lab, again in Philadelphia, where they took mice with sickle cell disease or thalassemia. And you can see here, after the initial in utero transplant, you could see the cells, but they weren't really curative levels of engraftment. But then after birth, they were able to boost the levels to, uh, to curative levels. So in thinking about applying this to human fetuses, uh, we thought very long and hard about what might be the perfect first uh, disease. 
And uh, in discussions with international colleagues, we came up with alpha thalassemia major. And uh, alpha thalassemia is a very interesting disease. And I'll tell a little bit about fetal hemoglobin biology. So hemoglobin is the molecule in red blood cells that, of course, carries oxygen. And in adults, there are uh, two chains, the alpha and beta chains. But in a fetus, there's just alpha and gamma chains. And a fetus that has uh, mutations in all four of the alpha globin genes doesn't have any alpha chains. And so it makes these abnormal gamma tetramers. And these are also called hemoglobin parts. And those fetuses get very sick because those red blood cells, uh, they can't uh, release oxygen to the tissues. So there's low oxygen in the tissues. And we can see this uh, in ultrasounds uh, where the fetus develops fluid around the liver and around the lungs. This is a condition called hydrops, uh, which is fatal unless you give a blood transfusion to the fetus. Uh, it's actually a common disease. Uh, multiple populations around the world, including in China and Southeast Asia, have a very high carrier rate. But because the fetuses can be treated with blood transfusions before birth, we thought it was an ideal disease to do a, an in utero stem cell transplant using maternal cells because you already have to do an intervention in the fetus. So you uh, get rid of any additional uh, technical issues. So families, interestingly, with a pregnancy with alpha thalassemia major are often counseled to end the pregnancy because of several concerns. You know, if the fetus is hydropic and they don't get any therapy at all, that's a very dire situation. The mother can get sick as the fetus gets sick. That's called Muir syndrome. Uh, because the brain hasn't had oxygen during development, you can have poor neurologic outcomes in the child after birth. And the alpha thalassemia, uh, it was felt previously to be a very severe chronic disease with an untenable medical burden. So we first set out to understand, you know, are these valid concerns? Uh, is this a, a disease where it's ethical to think about fetal therapy? Can there be meaningful survival? And how can we improve outcomes for these families? Well, it turns out that there are multiple reports of good outcomes in fetuses with alpha thalassemia major if you do these blood transfusions before birth and if you do them very rigorously. So uh, this is our series that we published in 2014 of around 20 patients. Uh, there was an international registry that was published around the same time uh, and then one from Hong Kong. Uh, and the upshot of all these series is that if you do fetal blood transfusions, the hydrops resolves, the mom does not get sick, the babies can be born near term or term, and they have, uh, in many cases, excellent neurological outcomes. So even if these uh, fetuses were initially sick in utero, some of them do very, very well, and some of them can even be cured after getting a bone marrow transplant after birth. So to really understand at a larger level how these patients are doing, we've started a UCSF international uh, registry uh, to understand both the neurological outcomes of fetuses who had adequate transfusions and really understanding patient and provider attitudes regarding fetal therapy uh, versus ending the pregnancy. So what happens to patients with alpha thalassemia major after birth? Well, it turns out it's a very similar disease to beta thalassemia major, where there are basically two kinds of therapies. You can either have chronic transfusions once a month or, or every three to four weeks, uh, and the complications there can be iron overload, or now there are medicines uh, for chelation, uh, but there can be toxicity from that. Or you can have a bone marrow transplant. And as I mentioned, this can be a definitive cure. However, uh, there is about a 10% mortality 
because of all the medicines that uh, we need to give to prepare the bone marrow to accept the transplants, it can be difficult to find a suitable donor. The mom is only the perfect donor before birth, and patients can have graft-versus-host disease, etc. So we think that in utero stem cell transplantation may decrease the burden of disease, and that's the idea behind our fetal bone marrow transplantation clinical trial. So in this phase one clinical trial, we're giving a stem cell transplant from the mother before birth. And the way that it works is we do an initial video consultation. And if the patient meets the inclusion criteria, we do the transplant uh, and then evaluate the chimerism after birth. So I'll tell you a little bit about our first patient. Uh, they were written up uh, in the New York Times after birth. Um, they did very well, although they presented with high drops at 18 weeks. They improved with in utero transfusions and transplanted at 23 weeks, and we did five uh, total uh, in utero transfusions. And the hydrops resolved with careful transfusions. We saw that the clinical protocol is feasible and appeared safe, and the fetal transplant can establish long-lasting tolerance. So these are some pictures of how we do the bone marrow transplant, and um, here you see the bone marrow harvest. Uh, we uh, select the cells and then infuse them back into the fetus using ultrasound guidance. Uh, and as I mentioned, uh, you know, we have to do further work to expand the indications and also to optimize the efficacy. There are a number of ethical considerations, uh, of course, for non-directive counseling, uh, and patient representation is really critical for planning the therapies. So the main lessons we're learning is that the moms can tolerate the bone marrow harvesting well, the fetuses are, are doing well so far, uh, and really that patients with alpha thalassemia can be given multiple pregnancy options, including fetal therapy. Uh, and as I mentioned, we are currently recruiting for enrollment. All of this is made possible at the Center for Maternal Fetal Precision Medicine, uh, which I co-direct with Mary Norton, and our clinical arm, which is the Fetal uh, Treatment Center. And I'd like to acknowledge uh, both uh, funding from Serum, uh, which is funding this phase one clinical trial, uh, as well as uh, my multiple colleagues at the Precision Medicine Center, as well as our thalassemia team, uh, particularly uh, Dr. Vichinsky, who's a thalassemia expert. Um, and thank you for your participation uh, for our patients.